0: hello and welcome to the yarn podcast it is a podcast for the australian wool industry i'm marius coming and today i'm speaking to you from western australia in fact about three or four hundred kilometers north of perth at Minganew, where we've just stepped out of the Minganew irwin cropping group Sheep breakfast, bit of a mouthful, but it was a good breakfast and uh, great to have uh, a few sheep producers up here. In fact, I'm joined by Sally O'Brien, who, with her brother Andrew Gillum, farms at Irwin uh, with cropping and sheep. And also, we're joined by uh, Jeff Cosgrove from Ming and You, who will be talking a bit about uh, his adoption of lifetime you management in Western Australia. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's a busy time of year and uh, thanks for coming to the sheep breakfast. Andrew, uh, tell us a bit about uh, how electronic tagging has been working in your enterprise. Uh, it's gone pretty well. We've been objective measuring
1: using objective measurement for our classing our u-hoggets and ram hoggets for as long as I can remember. Um, it was always done with paper cards and matching numbers and things, and just started to have issues with data reliability, I suppose. So we went to using eID tags uh, three seasons ago. It's added. A little bit of workload at times putting them in, but the reliability of the figures you get, you know that when they match, it's it's correct. You you don't end up with 16 sheep out of 1,500
0: that have all got the same tag number. Sally, um, what's it uh, what's it meant to you? You you agree with your brother there?
2: Uh, yeah. Look, I think it's um, it's working well. It'll be nice when we I think move this year to a, a permanent lifetime tag. Um, we've used the slightly bigger clunkier tags which we can reuse but the um, I guess the benefit of it is that when you're classing in the yards you can scan an animal the TSI brings up all the data you've collected on that animal and so you can make a really good decision looking at both the objective and the subjective animal in front of you.
0: Now the electronic tagging is now mandatory in Victoria and there's a lot of discussion about it in the other states. Using this data to actually mean something for your business um what does it what's it done to your bottom line oh, we, we haven't analyzed bottom line figures on it it it's been very much
1: based on confidence in the system as i say before with uh, when you analyze it when people are having to visually read a tag number right. uh, depending on the setup they may call that number out to another person who has to initially someone has to read it correctly they have to say it correctly it has to be heard correctly it has to be written correctly and that can happen three or four different times that process between getting collecting side samples and fleece weights and and various objects so the potential to to lose confidence in your data was huge so it's it wasn't about the economic decision it's it was it was based purely on the
0: reliability of the data yeah and obviously as wool growers the the number well one of the main um traits you want to be uh, following and measuring and selecting on his uh, fleece weight, how do you do that at shearing time? Is that tricky, Sally? Uh,
2: no, well, I, th- I think that's probably one of the areas where it has become easier. Prior to using electronic tags, we had a couple of people on the board who were reading the tags, having to get in while the shearer was shearing, read the tag, and put a card on the fleece or next to the on the board next to the shearer. That fleece would then be collected by the wool handler's taken down to the scales. We can now have one person doing it instead of a two. He walks along with the wand and scans the sheep. He doesn't have to be as close, so um, I guess there's less danger to both the shearer, the sheep, and the person reading the tag of interference in the process and something going wrong. Um, He has a little printer on his hip, which uh, he scans the tag, prints out a barcode. That's placed next to uh, the shearer for the wool handler to pick up. That fleece is collected, taken down to the scales, we scan the barcode, it goes straight into the TSI with the other information that's already been collected about that animal which may have been body weight or any comments we wanted to put about the animal in when they were first scanned when we took the side sample pre-shearing. So I think it has improved that process, it's made it more efficient with labour plus also less likely that somebody could get hurt on the board in that process do
0: you do you see the information collection getting uh easier and more passive i mean can you potentially do fleece weight by weighing sheep into the shed and out of the shed or is that uh too clunky and not accurate enough
2: oh look i definitely think there's possibilities um we also run a cattle operation and so we've been using the NLIS tags there for a lot longer and a TSI in the cattle yards and we've got to a point there where that's collected some really good information for our, our cattle operation and I can th- see some of those um, things we've been able to do there, transposing over to the sheep side of the operation over a period of time as we start using these tags and you know, your potential for side readers in your sheep yards over the scales for collecting data. We you know, obviously do meat lambs as well but it, it all—it could go across your whole sheep enterprise, I think.
0: So for someone listening to this thinking, look, you know, it just sounds like too much hard work, uh, but I can see the benefits, but it's just too complicated, and then you've got to deal with all the software and all the data, what do you say to them?
2: Be patient and be persistent because... Um, it's really hard to improve your business if you can't measure things, and this is a, a tool to assist you in, in measuring things. If you can measure things, you've got a benchmark to improve things and, and drive your business forward.
0: Now, if, if you two can stay around, I know you've got to go. Jeff, tell us a bit about your experience with
3: uh, Lifetime you management We've got a little group of us together south of town. There's um, only four of us in the group. Um, sheep producers are a little bit sparse on the ground up here, but... We uh, did the lifetime year management course through Ed Riggle with Ag Pro Management, um, based in the Up like Brook down there somewhere. Basically, we came from four different um, merino flocks: two heavily weighted towards growing wool, two that are probably more heavily weighted towards um, lamb production. But yeah, we, we we got together, started the lifetime year management program. Um, we learnt some skills, um, just simple things like just th- simple things like condition scoring and and maternal traits and things that we probably weren't aware of consciously but we were probably doing anyway but um yeah, it was just interesting for me to learn definitely learn those basic skills um, on, on how to sort of take our flock a bit further and be a bit more productive and Jeff what's it meant to
0: your bottom line I mean the, the lifetime you management is probably seen as the most successful extension program in the history of the sheep industry basically because you're losing less ewes you're gaining more through weaning and you're better in touch with your system is it been your experience and the experience of the group or has it been different
3: uh certainly made us a lot more aware of the profit drivers of our of our flock obviously getting more lambs on the ground keeping them alive is probably our biggest biggest issue and, and there's you know many factors that influence how many lambs survive i guess it's you know time of lambing the, the type of sheep that you're running and yeah certainly now that we're, we're all preg scanning now and, and separating into multiples and singles and, and really working harder as such to try and keep more lambs alive and it's not until you measure it the first time you realize exactly how many Fetuses you have compared to how many lambs you are getting. Yeah, here. back to Sally's point about uh, you, you can't, have measure, can't measure it. You can't. Yeah, if you don't measure it, you can't um, improve it. I guess. So we're um, we've just been at the uh,
0: Mingenew Urban uh, Group, and one of the issues we wanted to talk about was sheep in a cropping system. And uh, as you said, Jeff, there's not a lot of sheep up here. Do you see um, sheep becoming a bigger feature of West Australian agriculture in the cropping zone, or do you see
3: people? continuing to move away or not run sheep i think it's probably very infrastructure dependent there's a lot of grain farms up here now that haven't had a sheep on them for i have a neighbor that hasn't had a sheep for probably 25 years so he has no water infrastructure no fencing infrastructure so they're probably out but those of us that have stayed in probably going to turn a bigger percentage of our program to sheep they're a really low input they're a low input enterprise and they're at the moment paying really good money so you know doing the numbers on them just as a standalone enterprise they're They're measuring up pretty well and yeah they suit suit my operation and um, I think those that are still in will probably grow their sheep enterprise but those that have been out for a long time probably difficult to get back in.
0: How do we um, speak to people about sheep being complementary to a cropping enterprise as opposed to being difficult to manage and a burden on it?
1: Oh it's it's that's a difficult one because I think for those of us who have sheep inherent in our enterprise and particularly if we've grown up around sheep it it just seems as a, as a given. Uh, I think for most, for most of those who are still in sheep can see the inherent value. I think the, the progression towards more precision agriculture on the cropping side has hurt the prospects of, of sheep because things are much more geared towards straight up and down agriculture and, and efficiencies have been gained through the removal of that infrastructure. But then, on the other hand, yeah, there is, there is benefits to be gained uh, through both, a- and particularly in our enterprise, we see that the cropping certainly provides a, a significant resource for the
0: stock through the-, through the stubbles and residues. And Sally, what about uh, risk management on your place? Uh, how do the sheep fit into managing production risks in the, uh, in the cropping enterprise?
2: Well, I think our, our bank manager loves us having them because it does provide cash flow. I know we've looked at it over the past couple of years and, and whether it's uh, sale of animals or, or wool production... We generally have sheep or wool being sold 11 months of the of, of the year. So from that point of view, it's it's really good. It, particularly with the profitability of, of sheep at the moment, wool and, and lambs, our reliance on seasonal finance has decreased. And I think having the sheep gives you an alternative to really analyse some of your cropping paddocks hard. If you're a 100% cropping person, I can see the temptation to say, well, Cropping's what I do, so every paddock goes in, whereas we tend to look at some paddocks. We've got paddocks where we've cut sections out which we don't crop because they're not profitable. We've got paddocks that just we would never think about cropping because they're not profitable for high-input cropping, which is required in this area where we've got fairly leachable soils but reasonably reliable rainfall, whereas they're paddocks that will grow grass and make a profit running sheep. So they they complement our business fairly well from that point of view.
3: That was something that we learnt through the lifetime New project um, uh, that with our small group, one of our growers had a had a paddock that was poor, deep white sand, which is quite common around here. Um, but they'd taken it out of production. it was only about 40 hectares, but he basically turned it from losing him probably 100, 150 bucks a hectare in its cropping phase to an annual an annual income of you know close to 250, 300 dollars a hectare. So it's a 450 dollar hectare turnaround on that country purely by establishing perennial grasses, um, and it's a basically growing a haystack over that late autumn period where he can chuck a big mob of sheep in there, drop lambs and he was getting incredible survival rates yeah. in, in that in that system whereas he was losing money hand over fist cropping it.
0: And I suppose it's a, it's a low low risk enterprise and uh, a low cost enterprise relatively. I mean the cost of cropping per hectare it's all up front and um, there's no guarantee of a return I suppose.
2: I think that's where if you had to try and find a, a positive for sheep out of the technology that's available in cropping at the moment is that with the paddock mapping and everything else, you can really zero down well to what parts of your paddock zones, etc., are productive and unproductive. So, you know, to try and take a positive out of it, it's a way to measure your paddocks and you and to say to people, well you can really identify where you're making your money and not making your money. Maybe there's an opportunity for livestock to come in onto those areas which aren't making your money and you're potentially losing money on um, on your property. So it might be a selling point for, for you know, 100% croppers to say, well, now you know where you're losing your money, maybe you could turn that around a little bit with a, with a sheep enterprise.
0: Guys, thank you very much for joining us today at the uh, Minganoo Irwin cropping day, which we had a sheep breakfast, which has now turned into a sheep lunch. But um, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it and all the best for the year ahead.
3: No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.
0: So that's Sally O'Brien who farms along with her brother Andrew Gillum at Irwin and also uh, a big thanks to Jeff Cosgrove who uh, farms here at Minganew and he was talking a bit about, about uh, lifetime management here in Western Australia. It's been fantastic to spend some time in Western Australia. Thank you very much for everyone who's uh, looked after us. If you ever get the chance to drive along the Indian Ocean Highway north of Perth, you've got to do it. It is a spectacular drive. And uh, if you want AWI to come and speak, at an event or indeed if you want to put on an event we can put on a, a barbecue a breakfast a dinner get a number of farmers together and uh, we'd love the opportunity to come and speak about what we do on your behalf but uh, again thanks for joining us on the yarn i'm marius Cumming. you can contact us on email at the yarn at wool.com if you have any suggestions but once again thanks for your company and we'll speak again soon